Hey everyone, welcome down to the Sunny Hill Home Real Leadership Podcast. It's great to see you. I'm Richard. Today we've got with us Don Bird, again, the pastor of Sunny Hill. Yes. It's amazing. Love it. He did a great session with our team the other day under the title of This Means War. And so we're going to be spending the next few minutes talking through the session. I hope you find this helpful in your leadership, in your thinking, whether you're at Sunny Hill, whether it's in your business, or whether it's just wherever you're leading in whatever ministry you do. But Dom, to jump off, what would be the one thing you hope people walk away with from um, the session? So for me, the, the whole point of the session, it wasn't trying to teach anything new that people wouldn't know. It was more of a reminder, really. I just felt it was important to remind our team and those serving in ministry leadership in some way that primarily the job that we're involved in, it's not a physical task, it's a spiritual task. Mm. And so therefore, uh, we are in a spiritual battle yeah. and to just understand the spiritual dynamic of leadership yeah. um, and just to put that back on the radar. And so for me, the take home would be that people just having that understanding yeah. that it's, it's, it's beyond just dealing with people. It's much bigger than that. That's yeah, so, great. Yeah. So in the session, you began to speak through what you saw as the greatest opposition to Christian leadership. Um, do you want to open that up a bit? What do you see as the greatest opposition that we face as people who are Christian leaders? Yeah, so I, 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 in, in the previous session I've done with staff on culture in relation to vision activators, I spoke about this idea that um, as you get more clarity in your vision and your values and your focus, you, you get a reaction, you're more likely to get a response. And I laboured this idea about the opposition that people bring. Yeah. Um, but probably after giving that session, I was thinking, who am I kidding? Like, you know, actually, the, the opposition that we face from people is one thing, and it's maybe at, like, Richter level four. But actually, really, um, the one who's bringing ultimate opposition and resistance to what we're trying to achieve for the kingdom uh, is Satan. It's the yeah. devil. Uh, it's the enemy, you know. Uh, and, I, and I think, really, it's just this idea that sometimes we can get caught up in battles with people because we see people as the problem. Um, and, and at times they are, you know, because that's how it manifests. But actually, primarily, uh, our beef is with the devil. Our yeah. beef is with, say, yeah. the kingdom of darkness. And so every time we're trying to push the kingdom forward or, uh, uh, or advance our ministry for the sake of the one, we need to understand that hell is working against us in that. Yeah. Um, and so really, you know, my heart for the staff team, for the leadership and for those in ministry at Sunny Hill is that we understand that there is a war happening, there is a battle happening, and we have a responsibility to be battle ready in that. So yeah, that yeah. would be my thoughts. And just off the back of that, obviously, for some of the people who will be listening, they'll be um, leaders within their own spheres, yeah. but obviously also being Christians. Do you think that wherever there's Christian leadership, there is always this opposition to dark, like from the darkness? I think if, yeah, I mean, well, not always, actually. Um, I think if you're not serious about the vision and you're yeah. not serious about reaching people, yeah, it's really good. The, the devil doesn't really worry about it. I mean, oh, wow. you, you, know, yeah. you know, you're not problematic. Yeah. I think it's only when you begin to get real clarity and uh, like I spoke in Vision Activators, you know, when Noah got his vision, he still yeah. had to pick up a hammer. Uh, you know, when David got the purpose of kingship, uh, he still had to defeat Goliath. When yes. Abraham got the vision of generations and yes. nations, um, he, he still had to do something to activate the vision. Yeah. I think that uh, the enemy becomes far more engaged in battle with us. Uh, when we pick up a hammer, yes. when we uh, defeat Goliath, when we take to the battlefield. Um, and so I think leadership that is committed and serious about advancing the cause, yeah. that's when Satan kind of thinks, okay, it's time to get involved. Uh, I read yeah. the uh, passage in a Ephesians 6 
where uh, Paul is reminding the church in Ephesus about the spiritual armour. And this is what he says. He says in Ephesians 6 verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul reminding the church in Ephesus that from my reading of Ephesians would be that they were probably putting the battle in the wrong place. Paul was saying, listen, our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. That's not the battle we're fighting. We're fighting a a battle of global proportions. In fact, bigger than that, it's it's principalities and powers. It's the invisible realms. And it kind of sounds all kind of spiritual hocus pocus. Um, But I think ultimately we need to understand as leaders, as ministers, that as we seek to advance the kingdom... We have the enemy, we have hell working against us. And I unpacked uh, briefly at the, the staff meeting and team meeting that ultimately that uh, Paul is saying this isn't a battle that is fought from a distance. It yeah. is a wrestle, it is a boxing match, it is close combat. Um, and so as leaders, we have to be ready for that. So I think for me, leaders that are committed to the cause, leaders that are committed to driving things forward, for sure experience the pushback of the enemy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one of the things that came out of the session, kind of as you were speaking through that, is as leaders get serious about the cause, the vision, and bring clarity, um, that the science of leadership yeah. can help them kind of go big and wide, but yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. spirit of Christian leadership that helps them to yeah. go deep. Yeah. I was wondering if you can speak a little bit about the relationship between the two, yeah. and also kind of what you see as the distinctive markers inside of that. It's a great question. It's a big question. Um, I'm a massive advocate for leadership competence. I think some churches and ministries struggle just because leaders aren't taking responsibility for their development as leaders. And there there are sciences and principles at play that work in both the secular workplace and in the church. And we should celebrate that. Yeah. We should go, man, there is, uh, there is a gift of leadership that God has called and there are leadership principles that we should be uh, looking to deliver and execute in our ministry or in our workplace, depending on what platform we work in. But um, I, th- I think for me, it's this whole idea that um, whilst competence in leadership really matters, mm. actually character and leadership underwrites yeah. any competence yeah, you can character. Uh, and any competence you may carry and so I think you you may have all of the ideas on how to structure teams on how to deliver programs but unless your character goes deep enough in God to contend with hell yeah <laughs> to contend with the enemy um, then ultimately all we've got is good ideas yeah. and I think what it enables us to do is if we don't prioritize our character development and add our depth in God yes. then what we do is we build wide and kind of surface level and, and that's cool that should be celebrated because that's important yeah. we should build wide but actually what we ultimately want to do in the church kind of business and in ministry business is we want to build big people yeah um, and I kind of think disciples and believers should be like icebergs like 90 percent of who they are lies in the depths yeah. um, so what you see is impressive yeah. but it's only impressive because of uh, what's yeah. underwriting them yeah. um, and so yeah so for me I think the, the difference would be that the science of leadership and the understanding of leadership isn't at odds with the no. spirit of leadership and they're not opposed to one another I, I think that our duty and our, our due diligence as leaders should be to grow in competence but to also grow in character yeah. so that um, you know our, our, our competence yeah. is never pushing beyond our calling and our, our character yeah. to kind of carry that does yeah. that make sense? yeah that's really really good I mean, for me, I love that language because I think for so long, 
leaders, and especially Christian leaders, have always felt like it's a dichotomy or these two things are opposed. Yeah. Either I'm really into the science or I'm really driven by yeah, spirit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But actually, I just love that frame of going into the science that helps us to go wide, that helps us to go big. But it's the spirit that makes us go yeah. deep as leaders. Um, and I was reflecting a little bit about this um, yesterday after the session that Dom did. And I thought it's really weird because with either one of them, you can achieve something. Yeah. There are some places that you'll go into where there is great depth mm. in the leadership, but because they don't have the competence, yeah. actually what they're doing has got very minimal impact. Yeah, yeah. And there's other places where you go into and the impact is huge, yeah. but when you just go below the surface, it's extremely shallow yeah. because yeah, yeah. there's none of that depth. I just yes. thought it's a great framework of going, how do we hold these two things it's great. together all the time? I, I think it's just a cool idea as well. It's not an either or. We don't no. have to go... What kind of leader do I want to be? No. I think Jesus, Jesus's, well, Jesus' preference for sure is that we marry both of those things yeah. brilliantly. Yeah. Um, so I shared yesterday um, that in the Gospel of Mark, you see Jesus call his disciples. Yes. He says, look, come, follow me. Good. And throughout the Gospels, you know, if you read the Gospels even a little bit, you will see that Jesus is constantly trying to teach leadership principles yeah. to his disciples and you know teaching something to the crowd then pulling his team together and saying Look, do you understand the implications of what i'm talking about teaching them leadership principles like stepping out modeling sending out the 72 all this sort of stuff to go and do these things to grow in leadership and to grow in ministry but when after he calls them in mark one i love the first thing that he leads them into is a deliverance episode yeah. in the synagogue i just love that i love this idea that the first thing that jesus yeah. exposes the disciples to and the leaders that he had selected to lead the early church, the first thing he exposes them to is the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. And, and I think there's something really interesting about that, that um, Jesus saw it enough of a priority to say, actually, I need to school these guys in um, exactly what they're up against and exactly what they're fighting against. And, you know, just sharing at staff in team meeting that before the end of Mark chapter one, the disciples had been involved in significant spiritual warfare, seen Jesus deal with the devil like three times before we even get out yeah. Mark chapter one. Um, and I think for me, just the concern is how much of our ministry and our leadership is void of that. Yeah. Like where we just think, yeah. wow. oh, it'll just take care of itself. I think actually it's one of those fundamental callings for discipleship is that actually we're drafted into a battle. And so I wouldn't say we should go looking for it, but we should just have an awareness yeah. that, you know, this, this spirit of leadership is so key to pulling down strongholds and to liberating people and contending for the one yeah. that we can't overlook it and just think it's all good. It'll, yeah. it'll be fine. I think we have to be more intentional in our growth as, believe, as believers and leaders uh, to fight with this stuff and get get involved, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I find that really, really challenging. Because um, when I reflect on my own leadership, what I find is that it's easier to pursue the science yeah. than the spirit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know why, because I feel like as a Christian leader, it should kind of be the yeah. other way around. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts over that. Why do you think Christian leaders potentially find it easier to pursue the science versus the spirit? Yeah, I mean, you know what, I... I think I think that should be celebrated. I think that you, you Richard Garton, as in you, not you, people in general, you you carry a burden for that, and I think God has wired you in that way, and so I don't think that should be undermined because yes. I think that's a real gift that's needed in the church. But I think there are leaders on the other side of the spectrum that would go, I don't really care about that side of stuff. Yeah. I'm only caring about the the outpouring of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit and um, and you know dealing with the demonic and. And that should be celebrated too. You know, yeah. we should go, thank God that there is a spectrum of leaders. Yeah. So I don't think we should be going, 
um, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of falling short or something. Yeah. Um, because I think you've helped me personally hunger for greater competence. But I think in our understanding, even though we know we might bring this thing to the party, we still have to understand that there is something that has yeah. to be engaged in with this. So there's no excuse for someone like you to go, yeah. I just talk about the practical elements and the science of leadership and leadership yeah. principles. I think, you know, from a certain person's perspective, that's more appealing because it's like, it's, it's visible, it's yeah. seeable, it's tangible. Yeah. People can go, this is bad because you've got the propensity to be a yeah. troubleshooter and fix it. Yeah. You go, well, we can fix that. Yeah. Um, but as soon as it becomes a spiritual issue, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter how many remedies you bring or yeah. how many uh, solutions you bring. If you're dealing with a person that just needs something dealt with and not necessarily in a demonic yeah. deliverance way, yeah. but just in something that needs prayer and, and, yeah. and real kind of wisdom consideration. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how many things you bring, how many solutions you bring. It's going yeah. to be like hitting a brick wall. You know, on the flip reverse of that, you know, if you see everything as a spiritual issue, yeah. you will struggle to draw people because people just feel tired and yeah. fatigued by like, you know, actually, uh, oh, the milk's gone off. It's demonic. Let's pray against the kingdom of darkness. No, yeah. someone just needs to go to the shop and yeah. buy more milk. Yeah. Obviously, that's never a principle in leadership. But you, get, you get what I'm trying to say yeah. is we, we, we can either reduce yeah, something or overemphasize something. Yeah. And I think that's why team is really important yeah, because really we should good. acknowledge on team we all bring something to this. Yeah. Um, but I think that we should, be, we should never think that what we carry is more important than what well, we don't. That's great. Um, but I do think we do have a responsibility to try and uh, understand and yeah. give room in our life to that yeah. area that we don't you know, yes. necessarily carry naturally. Yeah. You know. I, that, that's so good. I mean, I, I find it really, really challenging. I'm really aware at times that in, if I'm in meetings or in discussions, you just get that sense that in those discussions yeah. at times like there is something more going yeah. on than what's at play. Yeah. The discussion you're having isn't actually the discussion yeah. you're having. Yeah. Um, and it feels a little bit like that's the... That's the war. Yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely. kind of the tension in the war between looking and going, not always within leadership is it always an easy solution, easy fix, or he has the right move. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually God has to do a deep move here for this to change, change his environment. You know, I, I shared the story in team meeting, and I, and I put a disclaimer in it, because whenever you talk about deliverance, you kind of jump to quite an extreme kind of ghost storytelling kind of frame of mind. And I, I try to avoid that because I never wanted to be indulgent. But, um, and I, I, equally, I'd want to say that I don't always think deliverance looks like extreme demonic manifestations. Yeah. It can be really gentle. It can be through discipleship, ministry, freedom in Christ. It yeah. can happen in worship. It can happen when your friend just draws alongside and prays with you. Uh, it's not always the most extreme case of deliverance. Um, but I remember the first time I was exposed to an extreme deliverance episode. Um, I'd been in ministry a couple of years. I'd been through Bible college over four years. Uh, but I'd never seen anything like it. And what was really funny is the meeting that I was having with this person was clothed in this challenge that um, he had uh, hidden debt from his wife. That was the context of the meeting. Now, if we only look at that situation uh, in terms of leadership science, yeah. we go, cool, join a debt management yeah. um, interest group. Yeah. Why not? That's an obvious solution. And that thing's good yeah. and he should do that. Um, and I wouldn't say it was because of my discernment that I did it. I just prayed a kind of reckless prayer at the end, which was essentially, Lord, if there's anything that's not of you at work in this situation, I just command it to go in Jesus' name. And because I prayed that, all of a sudden, there was demonic activity that showed itself. And I think it's really interesting wow. that had we have operated at this level where yeah. we just go, here's a solution to the problem, 
you know, uh, then we could have potentially missed what was really at the root of this, yeah. which happened to be um, kind of a spirit of deceit at work. Yeah. So it wasn't just in debt, it was across his life that it yeah. needed to be dealt with and, and, and bound and cast out. But I think like equally, if someone comes and says, oh, I'm a bit skint this month, and we go, right, get out of him in <laughs> Jesus' name, you know, then we, yeah. we're not helping the person. So I, I think it's just having these two things at play is really important. Having the one thing where we are discerning that there could be something deeper at play yeah. in this conversation, yeah. but equally having the, the wisdom to go, it's not just a hit and run, we need to lead this person after this event. Yeah. So how do we best do that? It requires both types of leadership to yeah. come into play. Um, so yeah, yeah, that would be my thoughts on that. You know? Ah, it's amazing. How would you cultivate that spirit of leadership that we're talking about? Because yeah. the science is easy, get into books, would really encourage you to read, pursue other leaders who are doing things well, put up conversations, make up meetings, there's a whole variety of things you can do. But how do you cultivate the spirit side yeah, of yeah, yeah. this? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting, before you came to Sunny Hill, um, a lot of my books I would read about revival, a lot, yeah. um, and Smith Wigglesworth. Those kind of people that have high spirit impact in the kingdom. And now you read no books on revival. And now, and now, and now <laughs> since you've come, you know, I'm just like, you know, yeah, reading other yet. stuff. Um, Mills and Boone and Enid Blyton, you know. Um, but, but I think, like, when you came, it gave me an appetite to, I guess it awoke something in me that thought, you know, I can lead better. Mm. I can lead better. And so then I started changing my reading for stuff like Maxwell mm. Highballs, and I guess for probably a year or so, I, I left the other books on the shelf mm. and pushed into leadership development, which was great, and it kind of pushed me forward. And after about a year, I was getting a bit low <laughs> because I felt like, yeah. and I didn't know what it was at first, but I was getting a bit depressed. But ultimately, I think what was happening is, is I was only having one intake, I was yeah. only digesting one type of content in my life. Um, and so I, I always work hard to try and always bring measure in what I'm digesting, yeah. both in reading, like, so I read a lot, um, Audible is a great app to get through a lot of books, so I use Audible all the time. Monthly subscription gets you a free book a month, and um, means that like literally what would take me maybe two months to read, I can read in probably like two weeks, and um, just as an aside, I know this isn't strictly on topic, like people say I can't listen to books and learn, and I was the same, but I think actually learning the discipline to learn when, you, when you're driving, listening, actually opens up a whole new bunch of hours that weren't available for investment. Really so good. I think like people, leaders should learn to engage with Audible or podcasts or something. Um, you know, sometimes I'll be driving and I hear something amazing and I'll just have to pull over because I'll need to write it yeah. down uh, because I've learned the ability to pick out the gems from what I'm hearing. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, even since January, I've probably read 12 books, wow. you know, that would never have happened. Yeah. I wouldn't read 12 books in a year. I'd normally yeah. read two, maybe yeah. three. So Audible has just really propelled that sense. Wow. But um, coming back to the question you're talking about, I think that um, for me, it's having... I, ha I don't really like the word balance because it just sounds like nothingness, doesn't yeah. it? When you say, bring balance in my life. I guess I'm just conscious that I want to receive from all types of ministry. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember where it is in the Bible. I think it is uh, 1 Corinthians 3 where there's that Paul and Apostle, Apollos argument, where people say some follow Paul, yeah. some follow Apollos, and there's this kind of trade-off on leaders. And Paul says in Corinthians at that point, I think it is anyways, uh, he says, don't all belong to you in Christ? Mm. Like, can't you have your cake and eat it? Yeah. You don't just have to go, I'm a follower of Paul. You yeah. can go, 
I'm a follower of Paul and Apollos. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really great principle in leadership that I can learn from the Maxwells in terms of leadership principles. Yeah. And then in the next reading thing, I could be listening to Bill Johnson yeah. and Invading the Earth and be deeply challenged yeah. by his uh, burden for healing ministry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I always think have quite a, quite a wide reading. Great. Um, but, but ultimately as well, there's no shortcuts to... I think there are more shortcuts available to leadership competence than there are to the spirit yeah. of leadership. Because yeah. the spirit of leadership is cultivated over time. I think leadership science is a knowledge-based thing. Yeah. I think spirit of leadership is a heart-based thing. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, it's not that it's more important, but it's these two things yes. working together. Yeah. Um, and I think heart requires investment. Yeah. And heart requires you know, the, the hard stuff, the, the prayer, the fasting, yeah. the, the study of the word. And, um, yeah. So yeah, so for me, I guess that's how I would see it cultivated. Yeah. I'd love to, I think when you listen to stuff like this, you're always wanting to hear shortcuts. What's the shortcut to yeah. growth and to be a yeah. giant of faith and leadership? But there are no shortcuts, it's just time. Yeah. And it's um, regular rhythms, regular patterns, yeah. daily, over and over. When you feel like it, when you don't, committing to it. Um, and it's interesting because it's more likely that other people are going to see your growth long before you do. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but I think that's how I would see that spirit yeah. of leadership cultivated. Yeah, I mean, thanks so much. What a challenging session. I hope that you found the session challenging. The reality is, is that we are in a war, mm. and actually there's a lot of things going on, especially for Christian leaders, and this could be in your workplace, definitely if you're in ministry, leading team, or in church, where there are things going below the surface that just the science of leadership isn't going to be able no, to no. deal with. No, no. You need to be cultivating the spirit. Yeah. I think putting in the hours to do that is yeah. probably the most important thing you can do. Are you getting into good daily reading rhythms? Are you reading the Bible? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you pushing into worship, yeah. uh, especially on a Sunday when you're at church and you're leading, but still being able to engage with yeah, God? absolutely. Um, and just making sure that there are people who are feeding your spirit, feeding yourself, reading great books, revival books, yeah. um, just to begin to enlarge your spirit so that when you're in those situations where the war is happening, yeah. you can begin to address them in appropriate and right ways for the context you find yourself in. Yeah, I mean, just, just yeah. something that you said, I think what's really interesting is like in Act 6, there's a practical leadership challenge with people needing food. The widows, some widows feeling overlooked and there needs to be a practical leadership solution. But what's really interesting is that the heart of the practical leadership solution was to release the elders or apostles to devote themselves to teaching and to prayer. Yeah. And I think there's something really interesting in that, those two things coming together. Yes. And I think that why was it important that they were devoted to teaching prayer? Because they needed to continue to innovate. They were needed to continue to, they were, yes. they were going to continue to need to, um, uh, I guess, create new structures That's and great. to release more ministries. Um, and so I just, I just love that idea. You see these two kind of leadership things pushing the cause together yeah. um, and I don't think they would have seen it as uh, us and them they would have seen it as team they would have yeah. seen it as body ministry this is what we do um, and so yeah so I think it's great I think that's essentially how you uh, become a spirit leader is understanding actually this stuff is worked out through um, you know studying the word teaching the word and prayer yeah. um, really good yeah we hope you found this session challenging. We hope that you found this session helpful. We look forward to seeing you around. If you're around the pool area and down by Sunny Hill or you come to Sunny Hill, we look forward to seeing you at one of our events. Yay! If you don't, I hope that you find this helpful in your context. Check back um, over the next few weeks. We'll have more content up to be able to challenge your leadership. Other than that, have a great day. Great day. Bless.